about hour number two on a Thursday, getting closer to the NFL championship games. Also, plenty of Longhorn stuff out there. Longhorn basketball getting ready for the big trip to Knoxville. Remember, tonight at 7, Longhorn Weekly with Rodney Terry. Fired back up on Thursdays with the coach. 8 o'clock, it's your Longhorn Blitz podcast replay. If you missed it last night, catch it tonight with the Horns 24-7 crew, Jeff Howe, little Rod Babers, a little Matt Butler for you. If you're a Longhorn football fan, you got to get into that. And speaking of Jeff Howe and Horns247.com, he's in studio with us right now. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. We give him their love, even though he is sitting right over there. One of our favorite segments of the week, talking football and some other stuff with Jeff. How are you, sir? I want to apologize to anybody watching on Twitch. Like I just had lunch and I was sitting here slumped, like lean back, slumped <laughs> in the chair, and I'm like, how fat and frumpy do I look right now? So <laughs> You look great. Thing. Thank you, Zay. You look like you're playing weight. Uh, actually, my playing weight. What was what am I playing weight? But it would have been in the two thirties, in the two thirties, two forties. Fluctuate somewhere. Well, life or alignment. What? Yeah. Well, it was playing two way ball. So ah, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you big body. My then. my my senior year when we went to the playoffs, we had a starting guard who I think was like a buck eighty. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. Quick feet. Yeah. I hope. Hey, when you run that, when you run the wing T, it's all about it's all about zone blocking. It's all about zone principles. Make sure you got you know your footwork down. Yeah, uh-huh. I don't think I've ever complimented you on how much I appreciate your hatred for your rival school. Oh, like for I, Gerald? Oh, yeah, for Gerald. Oh, it's kind of how I feel about West Texas. Yeah, <laughs> it's thick. It's a thick hatred. If you, if you, if you all haven't heard Light the Tower, it might be worse than uh, my I, hatred for West say, It might be. If, you, uh, if, if the state of Texas ever needed an enema, Gerald's where you would stick the hose. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, on my side, at least uh, I got former Westlake guys that been to the University of Texas and have done well, Justin Tucker, Sam Ellinger. I don't think you could say that much for Yeah, I've never heard Jeff Howe yeah. say, Well, I gotta admit, he's a Gerald yeah. guy, but I love him still I have never heard him. Even do like that. Morgan Cooper, I would keep him at at an arm's distance, arm's length when I was covering baseball. Like I like you, Coop, but just <laughs> come on. You just just stay over there, please. Uh um, like when when I found out Morgan Cooper when he when I knew he was from Gerald and they're like, you know, he was he helped raise bulls, and I'm like, it's a Gerald kid and farm animals. Like, there's I I, I oh, so see. I so want to go there, but I'm not. <laughs> Out of respect for the late, you can do it on our show. I know Craig Way. for the baseball program. I'm just not gonna go there. Yeah, you can do it for our show. Morgan, Morgan Cooper, good dude. Yeah, if it's well crafted, we'll let you do it. We'll let you do it for a second. We had a texter wanting, wanting Craig or myself to tell the Baylor baseball cat story, and we're like, oh, no, just, just just go down the rabbit hole, and you got kids can throw that in the Google machine, and <laughs> yeah, that one's heavy. For then let your mind wander for the rest of the afternoon on that. That is heavy. Uh, before we get into some Longhorn stuff and maybe a cowboy thought, let's start with something a little more positive. We were talking about uh, Damian Lillard's performance last night with the sixty-point effort. Zay has asserted on the air today. That Damian Lillard for him is the second greatest shooter of all time, Ooh. behind Steph Curry. So, give us your thoughts on Damian Lillard and where he might rank for you all time. I can't put him ahead of Ray Allen. Can't put him ahead of Reggie Miller. Mm, okay, I respect it. Bird would have to be up there too. If we're talking uh, about just pure shooters. Another Larry, yeah. another Larry mentioned. I mean, Larry. Larry's going to get I'll, mentioned. Larry I'll, get, I'll give you a, every. I, 
dang player. It was like LeBron. I'll give you an under. I'll give you an underrated shooter that never gets mentioned in the conversation, and he should because he was one of my go-to guys in NBA Jam back in the day. Mark Price never gets mentioned. Oh, he was in cash. that group of great shooters. One of those Cavs, those Cavs teams back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Their own, who's, oh, their only fault was they were in the East at the same time. The Bulls had risen to power. The Bulls just passed them up. Yeah, that was yeah. You're right. Yeah. Good and Craig Elo was an overrated defender, but that's a different story. Yeah, ask go ask Ron Harper if you saw the last dance. You know what Ron Harper thought about that? Uh, yeah, why wasn't he the, out that game? The decision to to roll with Craig. Danny Wilkes, what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? You see that hairline? I mean, I, yeah, obviously he made some bad decisions, but. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, 60 points last night. Really efficient way to do it there with only 10 free throws. That was impressive stuff from Damian Lillard. All right, um, I wanted to get your thoughts on A.D. Mitchell real quick. Um, they're about to, uh, Things are about to tie up on the you know signing day, and officially it's next week, but we know everything happens in December. Is there anything that could happen between now and next Wednesday that's going to be any bigger for this football team than A.D. Mitchell? Uh, with all due respect to Warren Roberson, uh, Defensive back out of Red Oak, who's going to visit Texas this weekend, committed to TCU. That was not that flipping a kid from the you know a team that went to the CFP that's in your backyard. Not that that wouldn't be a big deal. But here's what I like about Ad Mitchell: two things. One, you look at how good he was catching the deep ball. I broke I broke down the numbers. Uh, went to PFF over the last two seasons. He's had 17 targets on passes of 20 yards or more down the field. Eight catches, five of those eight catches are touchdowns. Mm. So, talking about a guy that can stretch the field. We know he, he's, a, he's a good route runner. Everybody get, loves that whip route he ran in the Ohio State game when he caught that touchdown pass from Stetson Bennett. But uh, the deep, his ability, and Quinn Ewers, quite honestly, the, the eye test showed it and the numbers bared it out, was one of the worst deep ball throwers in the country this year. I mean, he's about 31% completion rate on passes of 20 yards plus down the field. So, he helps you in the deep game. He also gives you, I don't want to insult him by saying insurance policy, but that's kind of what it is. If Isaiah Nayer's not all the way back or maybe takes a little more time to get back than you expect uh, or has a setback at some point, A.D. Mitchell basically is the, we're not going to put all all of our eggs in the Isaiah Nayer basket like we did last offseason. And I think for Sark, I think that's growth. I think we've seen Sark each of the last two offseasons examine problems, and then make steps in the right direction to fix those problems. You know, Last, last year, you know, the 2021 season, we're talking about O-line depth and line of scrimmage depth and how bad you were on the line of scrimmage. All right, I'm going to bring in a whole host of guys. Now you look at what they're going to have on campus for spring. Like Even with Cole Hudson and Connor Robertson recovering from surgery, you got 14 healthy scholarship offensive linemen for spring practice. I can't remember the last time Texas had that many. And on the other side with Sadir Mitchell enrolling early, even though you lost Keandre Coburn and Moro Ojemo, we've got nine interior scholarship defensive linemen mm-hmm. ready to roll for spring practice. So we've seen Sark look at problems and then do his best to address them. I think this is just another one of those. You know, We saw them put all their eggs in the Isaiah Nayer basket, and when he went down, nobody was more negatively impacted than Xavier Worthy, in my opinion, when that injury happened. Now you give yourself it's, – it's, it's a it's a big step up. It's an apples pomegranates comparison, similar to what you did taking Tariq Milton a year ago, right? If and I said it at the time. Look, if Tariq Milton doesn't play a snap, that's good because that probably means Jordan Whittington was healthy the whole year. Or if Jordan Whittington has an injury, then you just 
throw Tariq Milton in there, and and he's at least serviceable. He can function the same way Jay Wood can. And lo and behold, we didn't see much of Tariq Milton because Jordan Whittington was healthy the whole year. So I I like it for a number of different reasons. Jeff, winter workouts is going down. Who is sticking out right now? Obviously, everybody wants to know about Arch Manning, but what about guys like Malik Murphy? You know, the edge rush. You talked about the interior linemen. defensive lineman, but the edge rushing last year wasn't up to par like it could have been or should have been Baron Sorrell, and we know what Justin Finkley could bring to the table, but what's it looking like right now when the workouts? I think especially early, Zay, it's key to track uh, the guys that came off of good bowl practices and guys that came off of good practices late in the year. Uh, Mo Blackwell falls into that group. Uh, Jare Bledsoe is a guy that, to me, falls into that group. Uh, DJ Campbell is one of those guys. Um, so there's some of those guys that you're looking at, okay, now can they take the next step? As far as Arch goes, I've heard in terms of understanding the playbook, in terms of getting himself ready to enroll, shocker, I know, but that he was maybe ahead of where the staff thought he would be in terms <laughs> of understanding how the offense is going to function. Hmm. Um, so he came in prepared. Uh, I know everybody probably now has seen the video of him throwing with guys in the bubble and getting those extra throwing sessions in. But, you know, and Malik Murphy is in that group too of guys with, you know, Bledsoe and Blackwell and Campbell. Malik Murphy's in that group started to really put things together, relatively speaking, towards the end of the year and in bowl practices. So that that's the kind of group, if you hear good things about that group of guys, if you're if this roster is going to be one that has talented depth, which means Think about the 05 National Championship team. I mean, like, where the entire two deep on the defensive line played in the NFL. Like, if you're going to get to that point, that's the group of guys that really has to take it to the next level. Jeff, how joining us in studio? We talked about A.D. Mitchell. Uh, how about his new wide receivers coach? What do you make of the Chris Jackson choice? You know, the Chris Jackson choice is interesting uh, because we talked about it a lot. I know we talked about it a lot on the site at Horns 24-7. I mentioned it on Light the Tower. did a couple of Longhorn Blitz podcasts about it. It felt like Sark really wanted to target player development with it. And now I'm of the opinion that you, you can have both. You can have a guy who's really good at developing talent and really good at he's a really good recruiter. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this, Chad. I, I you know, I think the last time Texas had one of those guys, like a, a wide receivers coach that was you could say is elite at both. To me, I think you gotta go back to Daryl Drake. Wow. Yeah. Like cause Bobby Kennedy uh, and I'm just going to run down, just call roll here for a second. Bobby mm. Kennedy might have been the best recruiter Mac Brown had on that staff. Not a great developer of talent, uh, or at least not a, not at an elite level. Derek Wyatt, I think he was good at both, but I don't think he was elite at either. Um, Les Canning was only here for a year. Charlie Williams was only here for a year, but I thought go back and look at that 2016 wide receiver core. A lot of those guys had their most productive years under Charlie Williams in that Sterling Gilbert offense, like Armani Foreman, Jake Oliver, Petey Work, Like, Petey Work caught 30 balls in a year. I mean, that's that's kind of where you were. And so I thought Charlie Williams got a lot out of that group. Uh, Drew Manager, really good recruiter. Obviously, we know the trouble there in terms of developing the position and button heads with Tom Herman at the end of the day. Uh, and then you get to Andre Coleman, I think pretty good developer, coacher of the position, not an elite recruiter. So Brendan Marion I was only here for a year, so how can you really evaluate it? So my hope is, above all else, Chad, I hope Sark got him a receiver's coach that can stick around for a little bit and really develop the talent you got in that room because you got a lot of talent in that room. I know 
when you look at that position, you're like, hey, uh, Xavier Worthy needs to get fixed after his regression. But you've got Jontae Cook in for spring. DeAndre Moore is in for spring. You've got A.D. Mitchell now. You're going to get Isaiah Nayer back. You've got the pieces to have one of the better receiver groups in the Big 12. Just got to get somebody that can help those guys get there. Jeff, let's go to the hardwood. Texas basketball looking good, 17-3. and Right now fighting for first place in the Big 12. We know they got a tough one in Knoxville against Rick Barnes' crew. The best defensive team in the nation. Yeah, what are you looking forward to this next game? Um, first off, was did you go to the game the other night no. against Oklahoma State? Okay, you watched you watched it on TV though. Yes, was it as hard to watch on TV as it was for me to watch it during the like watching it live in person? I don't think so, but I was still coming down from my high school game with Roger Wallace. So. Okay, because because hmm. to me it was like and Chad, I don't I don't know how you felt watching it like. Just the abundance of fouls that were called, it just felt like the game never really got into a rhythm. But those sequences where things got to flow a little bit, a little bit of back and forth, like that crowd was as excited as I've heard that crowd at the Moody Center all year. So props to everybody that showed up at the game. It's just some of these Big 12 games. Yeah, they're physical games, but some of these officiating crews don't help that process much. As far yeah, they're as, awful. Yeah, as far as tomorrow, Jose, or Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. It's not Friday yet. Uh, as far as Saturday goes, a couple things. One, uh, eliminating turnovers. That's when this team has really gotten itself in trouble. I think that's that's the big thing. And, you know, managing Tyrese Hunter's minutes. What's interesting to me is it feels like the time Marcus Carr spent off the ball has made him better with the ball in his hands. Like It's almost like he understands how the offense needs to flow moving without the ball. Uh, Timmy Allen's kind of found his role now and, and really kind of understands what he's doing with all the pieces changing. So uh, avoiding turnovers, especially live ball turnovers, that you know this meant the live ball turnovers will kill you, especially on the road. You guys get steals and runouts. It's just, just going to hurt you. So eliminating turnovers, keeping those to a minimum. Uh, and, and can you eliminate, you know, you, like you go back to the Iowa State game, really to me where that game was lost, uh, it wasn't so much the turnovers. It was the fact that in a 40-minute game, you went 17 minutes of clock time without a field goal yeah. with your longest stretches. So finding ways to avoid those prolonged stretches without a field goal. Because it's going to mount and you're playing in a hostile environment. I would like to think that playing that game at Hilton, that just being in that atmosphere more than anything, I think is going to get them ready for Knoxville. Because let's face it, Norman on New Year's Eve is not the same as going to Hilton during a weeknight when school's in session. Yeah, right? you're right. You're right. So I feel like just from an environment standpoint, that'll probably help with the turnovers. But that to me is the biggest key. Can What can Rodney Terry and that staff, and Bob Donawal we know is heavily involved with the offense, what can they draw up, what can they go to, what do they want to do, who do they want to feature in those. Maybe if you go a possession or two that's an empty possession, say, hey, we really need to get a bucket right here, what are we going to do, can you do that, and not have those four, five, six possessions in a row that are just empty possessions. Yeah, because Rick Barnes, he got some long brothers up there in yeah. Knoxville, and they got number two, Julian Phillips, which I think he's going to guard Timmy Allen. He's like 6'8", freshman, yeah. a lot of NBA scouts like him. They got that one big man, number 13. His it's, name starts with an N, but the N sound, <laughs> like Kachua or Kamua, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I'll get it by tomorrow, but he's a stud. We know Vescovy and Takai Ziegler are good mm-hmm. players. 
it should be a good game, but I love the way Marcus Carr's been playing. And I don't think we talk about his defense enough. Either. No, we don't. We don't. He's been in the passing lanes. Yeah. He's been locked down. You can't just blow by him. He makes it tough on you. And you talk about limiting Tyrese Hunter's minutes. I think Terrio's giving you good minutes in the limited ones that he's been getting. Yeah, and, and you know, I think that to me has been one of the more impressive things that we don't talk about is the role of the bench guys, right? Like, I know we all applaud Brock Cunningham for making those threes, but Brock Cunningham played 24 minutes the other night, and you needed him to play 24 minutes when DeSue and Bishop got in foul trouble. I think Christian Bishop's kind of found his role as that that energetic big that can give you a little bounce, give you a little juice off the bench. And, uh, you know, I think the two guys that are really struggling right now, I think to kind of find roles and, and figure out how they fit in, I think it's Arterio Morris and Dylan Mitchell are trying to figure out, okay, how do I fit in this thing? Uh, but you're right, Terrio's not going to get more than – you know, seven to ten minutes somewhere in there. He's got to make those count when he's on the floor. Just, I think if he's just making smart decisions, it doesn't matter if he scores. Yeah, he'll he do just, some dumb things. Yeah, if he just makes smart decisions while he's on the floor, it doesn't matter if he scores or not. That'll that'll help you win games. Jeff Howe, check out Horns247.com. If you missed the Longhorn Blitz podcast, we'll hit it for you tonight at 8 o'clock after Longhorn Weekly. Light the tower, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. I'll even give you a gift and not ask you a Cowboys question. I want you walking out of here <laughs> with a smile on your face. I want you walking out of here in a good mood. So we're Thank going to end with positive Longhorn basketball talk. That's how we'll do it. Always good to see you, sir. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank that, you, Jeff. That is Jeff Howe every Thursday about time uh it is maybe the first time though that he sat down and immediately he and zay both started talking about jeff's weight you just never know you never know what's gonna happen it did i'm an open book Chad. it did happen it i'm did. an open book oh by i totally forgot to tell you guess where i'm going saturday uh oh if you're saying it that way it's got to be royal rumble yes sir oh. i will be there you got tickets to the rumble or are you gonna cover uh, it as a media member shout out to my buddy chris dukes he called me he said hey i got an extra ticket to the rumble you want to go Hell yeah, if you got an extra ticket, I want to go. There you go. I already decided, because there's a lot of rumors that Stone Cold Steve Austin might be in the Rumble match. I've already decided, if he's just thrown in the middle, like number 17 or 20, I'm like, the pop is going to be the biggest pop you've ever heard in your life. If it's the unexpected Austin pop is... It's it's awesome if you've never experienced it. Yeah, that could be good. So dope. That could be good. They're in San Antonio for the Rumble on Saturday night. All right, uh, that's Jeff Howe. We do it every Thursday about this time. Up next, it's the Flex 30 segment. Zay will take you back to Tuesday night and the game he got to cover for KBVO. We'll talk about the interview we had yesterday with one of the area's best coaches and remind you where you can see that list of games for Friday. A lot of good basketball action in the area. That's next on the Horn. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. That's what I thought. Just had to let her start. Had to let her start. Because that's Doro, which means that's Warlock. Yeah, yeah baby. Yo, All right. She's going hard. Dude, she's, she was so sexy. I rule the ruins, right? Yes. Oh, so sexy. Just 
sexy, raw, blonde in denim. Singing like this. Loved Warlock back in the day. All We Are and all that stuff. Never saw them live, but I wish, I, I wish I'd seen Doro live in her prime. Doro Pesh? Hirsch. I can't think of the last name. Yeah, she's giving me a Pam Anderson barbed wire feel. That's a good description. Yeah. Sexy Pam Anderson screaming out metal songs. Yeah. That's kind of what Doro was. Warlock, and I believe she is, I think Doro's German. Uh, Warlock, Santana, and Rob Thomas, and Great White today. Uh, before we get into the flex segment, Zay, how about a little breaking news in the NFL? Have you seen a team that needs a head coach has picked a head coach and it's now a retread head coach Frank Reich is the Carolina Panthers choice he will now be their sixth head coach owner Dave Tepper chose Reich after a search so they're going to go with him instead of uh, who was who was the guy oh, Steve Wilkes was the guy that was the interim uh, but they are going to go with Frank Reich so he was not out of, out of a job long also no. Also, Zay, just to connect it, I read a tweet. Thanks to somebody who tweeted this at us. It was probably our man Chris Bennett. Do you see this? That uh, Jim Ursay is telling anybody that'll listen that his favorite to be the Colts coach is still Jeff Saturday. Oh Lord, have mercy! But but guess what? Apparently, according to other reports, he hasn't been in a meeting yet. He hasn't been in an interview meeting yet with anybody. Jeff Saturday? No, Ursay. Ursay has not been sitting in on the meetings where they're interviewing the prospective people that might be the coach, but he's sure Jeff Saturday's the answer. And Saturday's going to, I guess, bring his guys in? What what does that mean? His guys. The guys. Quality guys. Guys from ESPN? (laughs) The rest of the offensive linemen on the 2009 (laughs) Indianapolis Colts? Peyton and Edron James? Is that what that means? Yeah, Peyton already said he ain't coaching. No, he shouldn't. No, no. Edron James has his back. I know that. I saw some type of video, I think, after their first win of Edron James and Jeff Saturday in the locker room getting all hype and stuff. Don't go doing that, though. Don't go go just getting a bunch of dudes you used to play with. (laughs) Why not? Because that was the Cliff Kingsbury plan at Tech. Remember how that worked out? Dan Campbell basically did it. Looks pretty good. Now, Dan Campbell's made some things work out. He made a couple work out. You're right. Mark Brunel, Deuce Staley. That's true. That's true. Aaron then, Glenn. I'm saying Aaron Glenn on the defensive side. That's that's true. <laughs> that's true. It could work it can, if you find the right guys that really want to coach. But also Dan Campbell was already a coach. Jeff Saturday has not been. Very true. That's the part that, that may, may need to figure that out too. So mm. the Panthers are going to go with Frank Reich for their new head coach. All right, let's get into the flex segment here. We'll talk some high school basketball, including the games they got to see on Tuesday. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Also, uh, another thanks to Antoine Thompson, the coach of Stony Point, that joined us yesterday on the show. If you missed that, go to hornfm.com. You can check out the interview there. Uh, also, it, uh, I believe it may be up at Flex ATX as well. Uh, but we had enjoyed talking with Coach Thompson, and we told you yesterday that that team, if you want to see them, Stony Point, they're at Round Rock Friday at seven uh, over there at the Dragon Gym. So because of that interview yesterday, Zay, we hadn't had a chance to 
talk about the game you guys saw on Tuesday. Another good close game for you on yeah, KBBO. You guys are getting some nice competitive games. You guys got to see Conley hosting Georgetown. Uh, let us know how it rolled out. Yeah, fun game. You know, I mentioned on Tuesday that I was excited to see sophomore on Conley, Mekali Bryant. Well, kind of like Josiah Mosley a few weeks ago, he didn't play because he got thrown out the previous game, like we said a couple weeks ago, and UIL, if you get thrown out or mm. tossed as a player, you are suspended for one game. So, Michael Bryant, unfortunate, get, didn't get to see him. Now, I ain't blaming him as much because I found out one of those texts was because he was hanging on the rim. Oh, What's wrong grief. with that? What are we doing, ref? Come on, man. Especially if there's traffic in the lane. If there's guys' bodies in the lane and stuff and you're scared of falling on a leg or falling on an ankle and rolling yours, I get it, but come on, refs. Let's have some style. Let's not give texts out for guys hanging on the rim. I digress a little bit there. Mm -hmm. But the game was great. Conley played their tails off. Georgetown played hard for about – 30 minutes, and they just couldn't keep up with Conley's tenacious defense. You know, Coach Howie's team, who Coach Howie was a part of the coaching staff of Willow Ridge back in the early 2000s that had T.J. Ford uh, on the team. Daniel Ewing, Daniel Ewing and that crew. Yeah. You know, Kenny Taylor that went from Baylor and then came and played <laughs> Rick Barnes of Texas. That is such an unfair high school team. It was a joke. That's so silly. It was a joke. Those three guys, they were the three-headed monster. Oh TJ Ford was the passer. Daniel Ewing was the scorer. Kenny Taylor was the shooter. Mm. And then their big man went to, like, Oklahoma State. I think that's the greatest high school basketball team, especially in Texas of all time. Mm. But Coach Howie, he was a part of that coaching staff, and he does a great job with the Conley Cougars. Uh, Jordan Wright, he was the highlight of the game, had 24 points. Good player. Go, man. Yeah. He had about four Steph Curry threes, was lighting it up, getting his teammates involved, dishing that rock. And they got a lot of other guys, too, that not just, you know, Mekali Bryant, even though they didn't have him and he might be the highlight player on their team, you know, uh, uh, Brian Phelps, he was solid, very athletic. Jordan Lawrence, very athletic, skilled with the ball. He was making plays. So, you know, Joshua Doe, he's solid, just a sophomore. They're a young team. They play really hard, and you can tell why they're leading that district. They're solid, and they're going to be a tough out when the playoffs come around. Yeah, uh, coming up on Friday night, that Conley group at 20-8. and eight, They're going to Elgin. I'm just going to uh, tell my Elgin Wildcats to watch out. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one for them Wildcats, huh? going to be tough. Wildcats got to D up. Let's D up. <laughs> 7 o'clock on Friday night. Conley going to Elgin. By the way, on the Georgetown side, let's also warn anybody who's facing Georgetown. And this week it's Pflugerville at Georgetown. If you don't get out and cover, what's my man's name? Kai, Kai Canfield. Kai Canfield, the coach's son, right? Yes. If you don't cover Kai Canfield early and he hits 1-3, he might hit 31 if you don't get out there and chase him off. Conley did a good job of eventually chasing him off the line. What did he hit early? Was it the first three yeah, he, he took? Yeah, like the first three shots. It Two was of them were smooth. Threes. Yeah, yeah, he could light it up and don't let him get open. And they got pretty good big men too. Logan, Brent Cater, he's a solid big man in there. The senior and then Ryan Dupre, he's only a sophomore. Both of those guys, they do a good job down low for Coach Canfield's team, but – that athleticism that Connie was throwing at them boys, it could be a lot. If you're not prepared for yeah. it, it could overwhelm you. And I think that's what happened with the Georgetown Eagles. Again, Conley, they're going to be good once the playoffs come around. Now, 
somebody on the Specs text line who is right. They told me to give Colleen Ellison, Mike Harges, alma mater, some love, and we should. They're okay. number two oh. in the state, and they got – I talked about them before. They got Jermon, Jamon Keller, who's going to Oklahoma State. Stud. Okay. He is good. I saw them at the Flukerville tournament during the Christmas break. They're a very good team, and Keller, he leads that crew. They're going to make a deep run, 5A, when the playoffs come around. Also, they beat a good Belton team who has a couple of D1 guys. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I know y'all listen to us down in the 2 5 4. There Appreciate we go. that. Colleen Ellison, they for real. Um, and remember, you can go to flxatx.com. You can check out that interview that we did with Coach Thompson of Stony Point yesterday. And you can get the full list of Friday games, boys and girls. Remember, in most cases, wherever the boys are playing, the girls, those two girls teams are going to be at the opposite gym uh, for your scheduling purposes. Uh, we talked about Stony Point at Round Rock. Zay, if I can't get out to that game tomorrow, I'm kind of thinking maybe I got to go, since it's out in my neck of the woods, maybe I got to go check about what's going on over at Maynard New Tech. Because the Titans are 23 and 6. Yeah. As Ric Flair would say, what's causing all this? I might need to go figure out what's going on with the Titans out there at Maynard New Tech. Uh, also, Elgin's hosting a game, Bastrop's hosting a game. So if you're out in my neck of the woods, you got three chances to maybe go check out some basketball Friday night. For sure. And our Flex ATX power rankings for 4A, Maynard New Tech is number one. Is and that right? Right behind them is Wimberley, so check them out. I guess I'm going to have to go check out check the Titans them out. and see what is going on. Since my wife drives for the Maynard School District, she's got the Maynard Red Mustang stuff, but she's also got some, some Maynard blue? New Tech Blue. That blue? Got some yeah. Titans Blue as well to try to make sure, because uh, she's driving all of those uh, all those kids around, making sure they get to school and get home. Uh, shout out to all of our area boys and girls, high school teams, high school basketball, all sports, of course, covered by Flex ATX. We do the segment every day at 1.30. Back into the NFL. There's a lot of news and notes today. We just told you uh, Carolina's picked their new coach. They're going with Frank Reich. We'll get you some other stuff. An OC has been named in New York with the Jets. We will get back to that at 2. Up next, it's Where We At in Society with Isaiah Collier himself. Stay put. This is the Horn. Such a badass start to a song. Everything about the start of this song I love. Um, this is Dr. John, right? Dr. John. Yeah. Only one guy sings like that. Another one of those just, oh, so cool. And I swear, I might be making this up, but when I was a little kid and I would watch like Saturday morning cartoons and other cartoons, I swear to you. They made a couple of Garfield cartoons, and right in the middle of them, I swear to you, they put Dr. John songs, because he was the only guy that could sing like that. And I'm like, that's awesome. And it was just a weird, it'd be like, you know, like, there was one where, like, Garfield got lost, right? and he's in the rain, and Dr. John's singing about it. <laughs> I've never been so happy Garfield was lost in the rain. 
because of Dr. John. Never saw, never have seen Dr. John live over the years. Is Dr. John still out there? Is Dr. John Uh-oh. still touring? Don't tell me. I just, I know. Yeah. I'm not trying to take Dr. John. He is. He don't got much time. No, I'm not taking Dr. No, no, we're not taking Dr. John out. That's not happening. I love Dr. John. Dr. John, live it up. <laughs> Make sure you do everything you want to do. No, come Chad on now. Hastings. No, I died in 2019. Oh, already man. gone. I thought that was true. I just, yeah, such a cool voice, such a cool voice. Rest in peace to the great Doctor John. Doctor John. Speaking of voices today, how about this? Doctor John Warlock with Doro Santana and Rob Thomas and Great White with Jack Russell. You bring, you are bringing it with the voices today. Big time voices. Uh, I don't know if actually the Matchbox 20 folks would admit Rob Thomas has like a massive voice, but certainly a well-known voice. And that song with Santana was legendary. We had that earlier. Lots of stuff coming in today from the NFL. New coach in Carolina is Frank Reich. The new OC with the Jets is Nathaniel Hackett, the former coach who could not hack it in Denver. I know it's the easy joke, but I decided to go with it. Uh, And we'll tell you what that could mean for a big-time quarterback on the move at 2 o'clock. Right now, though, Let's get you a little where we at in society. We'll see what Zay's got. Here we go. Where are we at in society today? Yes, indeed. All right, Zay, do I need to go to Twitter for some uh, drama or what? Yeah, I didn't send you nothing, but get on your laptop and do your research. You probably heard a little bit of the story, but Ed Reed is no longer the coach Ooh, I did. at HBCU Bethune-Cookman. Dude, I sat through that four-and-a-half-minute video of him telling the team. Did you see that? The what, He's talking to the team? I think it's him telling I've, the team he's I've seen out. The, okay, I've is seen that the, what it is? <laughs> I've seen the video of him, like the selfie video of him in his car, just hating on everything that Bethune-Cookman has given him. I didn't see that. Yeah, no, I didn't see that one. I saw the one where he's in a, It looks like he's in a locker room, maybe talking to the team, and then Dion FaceTimes him in the middle yes, of it. Yes, okay, yeah. I've seen you a little snippet that? of that. Oh, my God. Right. It's a crazy story. Okay. A very sad story for somebody who went to an HBCU. I'm very proud of my degree at Houston Tillerson. And, you know, to... What Deion Sanders had to deal with at Jackson State, yes, the resources aren't going to be the same that you would find at a Power 5 school. They just aren't. And if you don't have that mindset going in, you're not going to do well. And Ed Reed, he's so in the wrong. Like in that video you haven't seen yet, he's just bashing the school, saying they don't, They which some is a little, it isn't good for Bethune-Cookman's side. But he was talking about how like his office was dirty they ain't even clean his office there's like mold in places it's just a dirty look something that Uh he's not used to especially coming from the nfl coming from miami the u yeah ed reed it just seemed like he was he that's what he was expecting like he yes like he wasn't expecting that like he won like grade a royal treatment then he started hating like this is what Deion sanders didn't like like that's when he started throwing Deion in the mix like, y'all want to hate on Dion. This is a big reason why Dion didn't stick around. And, De- and when Dion FaceTimed him, he was supporting Ed. And he yes. said, you didn't let those kids down. Sometimes you just got to move on, and I know what's going on. It's like, huh? You could do that, but in the quiet, Ed Reed. 
and Ed Reed's one of my favorite players of all time. You and I both love secondary oh, guys, yeah. corners and safeties. Like, Ed Reed did it. He's on the best of my life easy. Yeah, don't let him pick it off because he's going to take it to the house. Probably, t- I mean, that's a, he's a top five safety in my life. Gotta, oh, yeah, I'm with gotta you. Gotta be. I'm with gotta you. Gotta be. I'm right there with you. Yeah. But eh, I did not like how he went about this situation. He could have done it in the quiet. He could have went to, you know, the administration, athletic director, et cetera, and said, look, I need things to be this way or I'm out. But he doesn't have to go out on social media, make a video. He cussing in the video. Ugh, yeah, that's not good. Like, it's real ignorant. And then I saw him when he's talking to, I guess, the players. He's pointing in the back of the room. There's a family member of his, like a nephew or something, that he convinced to go to Bethune-Cookman and he felt bad. And it's like, oh, he's in the back of the room right now. But then he still tries at some point in that video to tell the guys to tough it out and stay. And it was really confusing. Yeah. So said, confusing. Yeah, and somebody on Specs text line said that he's upset because they're not putting the funds to the athletics like they should be. I'm going to fire no. back. What funds? There's not many funds going around these HBCUs like that. Yeah, doesn't he know? Didn't he know what he was getting into? Yeah. That's the point. I think, yeah, should they yeah. clean the office? Yes, they should clean the office for him. Right. Like, absolutely. That's, yeah. that's not good. But all he had to do, like you said, all he had to do was do that on the down low, real quietly. He, all, he that was a text. That's a text to like email. A, a a text or email to a building manager. Hey, is there any way I can get somebody in there? Saw a little mold in the office. I get it. I get it. I'm not trying to big boy you guys, but can we get the office cleaned up a little bit? Because I'm going to bring a recruit in next week. Yeah. Like where where's his research before he signed on the dot line? Which I don't think he signed anything. I think that's a big reason why he got out. He didn't really sign nothing. They just made him head coach, and he went down there, and he saw what was going on and everything that he had to do, and he just didn't like it. And then went to social media about it and was acting crazy for a head coach who I, I don't think Ed Reed's done much like off as like an assistant or in the NFL or came from the college ranks, like fresh into the job as a head coach. And right. yeah, I, it's just a weird situation. Has he done a was is, is it like Dion that he would have done a little bit of coaching maybe at like a Pop Warner high school yeah, level? Yeah, something like that. A little bit mentor guy. You see him around, but yeah. As much as I love Ed Reed, in watching that video, I didn't see a ton of poise. <laughs> I just did not see a ton of. He, you could tell how pissed off he was, man. He was pissed. He was crying, and he had like a he had like a towel. He was had like he had like the Jerry Tarkanian towel on his yeah. shoulder, so it was like it, it had this weird like it had this weird almost strange like a, a basketball coach slash preacher vibe yeah. slash you know James Brown on stage wiping off the sweat. You know, it was weird. He's emotional. I don't know if you've seen that clip of when he was in college and he's talking to his teammates. He's mic'd up. He's basically crying to those guys. Don't ask me how my shoulders doing. Don't ask me if my shoulders all right. Hell no, my shoulder ain't all right. Is that in Miami or Baltimore? Yeah, in Miami. In Miami. Hell no, my shoulder ain't all right. Stop asking me that. I do this for y'all. I love you guys. I'm tired of this, man. And it's just like, yo, <laughs> I get it when you played. But yeah. when you cut, when you coach, yes, you got to bring some of that energy, but you got to be, like you said, poised, professional. Yeah. And then just the ignorance of him going to the HBCU and realizing, oh, it's like this. Yeah, and I, I also I'm I'm shocked that Dion wasn't able to give him more counsel away from things to let him know what he did at Jackson State for those. He was at two years at Jackson State, right? 
Dion. No longer, but I don't, that sounds at right. least a couple, right? Yeah. At least a couple yeah, at least of years. A couple. To where it's like, no, dude, you gotta re, you gotta reverse engineer this in a way. You have to use your fame and your name to kind of get it going, and you gotta stoke that furnace a little bit and get Bethune Cookman going. Yes, as tough as that sounds, that's what you got to do. You got to use the Ed Reed part of it, Super Bowl champion and badass at Miami and national champ. You got to do all that. It's not just going to happen. Yeah, once Ed started digging in his own pockets for finances and to help out with the resources, he said, nah. Yeah, that's tough. Well, hey, hey I ain't doing that because he probably realized how much it was going to be. Wait, how much to clean the office? <laughs> Ooh, damn. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe I don't have Dion's patience and and uh, and and the machismo and all that. Uh, Ed Reed is a confident man. Nobody's as confident as Dion, so maybe he just didn't quite have that level of uh, you know confidence that he could pull it off. Yeah, he don't got the salesman that Dion has. No, I don't think that any pizzazz. Not many do. Not many do. I can't wait to see what Colorado's going to look like the next couple of years. Alright, 2 o'clock hour coming up. We now know a couple of NFL teams that'll look different. New head coach hired today. A new OC has been named. Remember, we had 10 teams that needed new play callers on offense. One got filled the other day in New England with Bill O'Brien. We'll tell you which one got filled in that division today and the indication it could give us about who their quarterback might be next season. Stay with us. We'll get to all that, plus why today matters. On January the 26th, we got some big birthdays for you, including the man that may have the greatest dunk of all time has a birthday today. I'll see if Zay agrees with that coming up on the horn.